Welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your co-host, Jonathan, and with me today, we have my brother and co-host, Larry. This month, we are doing an October Halloween special, and today's episode is on horror movies that use found footage. The most iconic and classic of these films is probably The Blair Witch Project. For those of us who grew up in the 90s, we remember this shot of a camera up close to a woman's face with snot dripping out of her nose and tears streaming down her face. And she gasps for air and it seems like she's running from something or she's really scared. And she begins to recount her journey and tells us, I'm just so scared. In a voice that is really convincingly terrified. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the draw of found footage is in its simplicity and in its relatability, I guess, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the ways in which these movies are filmed are like they seem very, um, I don't know if they actually script out every single line but i also wouldn't be surprised if like after watching blair witch project if they just kind of improv some scenes they're like eyewitness accounts Mm -hmm. of whatever the scene is unfolding in front of you Mm -hmm. yeah and so for today's episode we watched blair witch project we also watched the fourth kind and then larry at the end is also going to talk about another found footage film one that's more recent called ganjiam haunted asylum The Blair Witch Project is quite iconic, as I was saying earlier. It was released in 1999 and follows this young woman, her name's Heather, who is trying to do a documentary on a local legend called the Blair Witch. And she kind of drags her friends, Mike and Josh, along with her to document this. And the reason why it's called found footage is because the footage that was compiled to make this film was supposedly found up in the woods. And so what they're doing is they're just taking that footage that they found and then they're bringing it and putting it together Mm -hmm. um, to make this film. Yeah, I thought this film was good, but then I didn't feel like it was amazing. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I I feel the same way. Like, nothing really captivated me until the very end. Where they found Um, the house. Where they found the house. With this film, you don't really know where it's going. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of exploring. They're just kind of getting lost. They're just kind of experiencing what it is that's going on. And the buildup, I think, was really good because they open up with them interviewing the locals, Mm -hmm. you know, asking about the Blair Witch, if they've heard of it. And they kind of just start sharing their hearsay, their rumors. And I thought that was very well done. And then they go off and they uh, they start exploring the forest and get completely lost for mm-hmm. like an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like literally an hour yeah. of, of the film is them getting lost in the forest. Yeah. And there's a little bit of buildup too because they start seeing like these, these wick figures mm-hmm. that are the icon, the symbol of the Blair Witch. Right. They start seeing those and right. like I thought that was okay. And then it just kind of like they start arguing with each other a lot yeah mm-hmm. i f- kind of felt like the arguing wasn't that believable you know yeah either that or they all just had tempers you know yeah i just didn't really understand that portion and maybe mm-hmm. it was something that needed to happen in order to bring the plot forward you know probably yeah um but then at the same time i feel like it wasn't that believable to me yeah um, like they needed a better reason to like to be mad at each to other. be mad at each other yeah like yeah. you know if 
you know, maybe someone ate their lembus bread or something. And, <laughs> you know, that would be a believable reason. Right. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, like the this... first real thing that causes an argument is that the map is gone. Mm -hmm. That's the first real thing that really causes an argument is they're using this map to try to find their way around, like, the hiking trail and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and in order to get back to their car, they're using the map to backtrack and... When they go to bed, they hear some creepy stuff outside. Mm -hmm. And then they wake up in the morning and there's these rocks, like piles of rocks outside their mm -hmm. the tent, which yeah. like symbolizes that the Blair Witch was there. And then Heather looked for the map in her bag and she can't find it. And then she starts to freak out and then everybody starts to point fingers at each other and they all start to kind of just yell at each other. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of like builds up from there. And then turns out one of the dudes like took the map and actually trashed it right yeah mm -hmm. yeah one of the dudes took the map trashed it because he felt like it wasn't really helping them or whatever and it was actually making more tension between them or whatever yeah so he decided to trash it um yeah but that that doesn't make sense in itself either <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make sense yeah it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense either yeah and then one of their friends disappears so out of mm -hmm. the three of them one of them disappears yeah for like a day and they're mm -hmm. trying to find him and that's when they come upon the Blair Witch house yeah and then it just kind of escalates to the end yeah from there mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's hard to tell a cohesive narrative with found footage because i think that's kind of the point though the blair witch project is definitely one of the very first few that plays on this because with found footage it makes it real it makes it feel mm. real and yeah. that's and if it's scary and it feels real then you know it toys on that idea yeah, like how you said, like the arguing felt kind of overdone. I thought the screaming felt overdone. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Like Heather was just screaming her head off the entire like time. hysterically. Um, mm -hmm. and most actually, if I remember correctly, most of the scenes were improvised. Like the director just said, "Yeah, um, this is gonna happen." <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, this is the scene. <laughs> yeah, this is the scene. Yeah, y'all do you. And then yeah. some of the stuff that freaks them out, they were intentionally set by the producers, but then the actors weren't told about it. That's kind of what reality TV does too now. They'll stage something, but then the reactions are pretty genuine. Ideally genuine. So yeah, yeah so yeah, that's what Blair Witch does. So hmm. do you have anything else to add? Um, no, not really, except that the reason why I think Blair Witch makes our list, like, you know, movies that we watch for this is just because it feels like it's the first. Yeah, the first of its um, kind. Yeah, the first of its kind to actually do something like this. Mm -hmm. um, and then if, if any of you have, have seen uh, any other found footage films that predate Blair Witch Project in 1999, then please definitely let us know because we'd like to see kind of what else has influenced this subgenre of horror. Mm -hmm. um, but Blair Witch Project definitely is one of the first, if not the first of mm -hmm. its kind. Yeah. And now the fourth of its kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the fourth kind. Um, yeah, so The Fourth Kind is a film that was released in 2009. It got really, really bad reviews, and apparently everybody hates it. It is, to this day, one of my favorite horror films of all time. And it also uses found footage. I wouldn't say that it's... Found footage is definitely not one of its main... Like, whereas, like, Blair Witch Project is, like, all found footage, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like, you have 
only this like camcorder-esque sort of stuff that's being shown. But in the fourth kind, they do retellings. So they have the found footage, but they also have actors and actresses who portray the characters in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they'll do, like a a storytelling technique that they do is they show the retelling side by side with the found footage Mm -hmm. um, and kind of show you, oh yeah, like this is what happened. Yeah. Um, but the fourth kind is about this psychologist woman who is living up in Nome, Alaska, I believe is what it's called. And this is like a town, it's a little small town that's out in the middle of nowhere. You need to take a helicopter or an airplane out there because there's no roads that lead up to it. And the main character, Abby, the psychologist, she is seeing, she was assigned to this town to deal with a series of cases that are all very, really, really similar. And it has to deal with people who are experiencing insomnia. And then after a while, she starts to realize that she herself is also experiencing insomnia. And this is right after the death of her husband. And so she starts to see a therapist about it as well. And she goes through this hypnotherapy and she relives that night that her husband died and she believes that it was somebody who came into her home and killed her husband overall this movie is about the fourth kind of alien encounter is what it's about i don't remember what the different kinds are but the fourth kind is abduction (laughs) like the Mm -hmm. aliens abduct you and do stuff to you and then Mm -hmm. erase your memory and essentially that's what these people in nome alaska are experiencing is the fourth kind of alien encounter the scariest scenes for me in this when she's talking to her clients and her clients kind of retell the story of the owl Mm -hmm. who's like sitting outside their bedroom window kind of staring at them yeah and this owl who's just kind of like looking at them it's not really moving it's not really doing anything but it's just there and it's sitting there and then they can't tell whether or not the owl like comes into the room or if the owl is just always outside and then they just kind of don't remember what happens after that Mm -hmm. and then she puts some of her clients through hypnotherapy and make them relive the night of the owl or whatever and realize that her clients are being abducted by aliens, which a lot of other people don't believe is really happening. She's just kind of like the crazy psychologist who's saying all these things. Yeah. Um, and then the other scary scene that sticks with me is the one where she hands her recorder to her secretary and has her secretary transcribe the recording. And then later on, her secretary brings it back to her and says, have you listened to this? And she's like, no, why would I need to? You know, cause she was the one who recorded the recording. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think you need to listen to this. And so she sits down and she listens to the recording and she remembers all the stuff that she says. But after she kind of falls to sleep, she starts to hysterically scream on the recording. And that's just for me, like extremely terrifying, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that like something would happen like that and you just don't remember it. And yeah, and so that scene has kind of stuck with me for a very long time. But there's also a lot of other themes that are kind of prominent throughout the fourth kind and mm-hmm. um, I think is interesting to look at. But apparently everybody hates it. What did you think, Larry? Did you hate it? When you wanted to watch the fourth kind again, I was thinking to myself, I think you just wanted an excuse to watch it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, isn't I, that why we're doing the entire podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this, this Halloween. Yeah, yeah exactly. An excuse yeah. to rewatch all of our favorite horror films. Yeah. Um, and fourth kind, I don't remember it leaving much of an impression on me. But as mm. I was rewatching it again, I'm like, yeah, I remember why I I thought its storytelling was really well done. I really liked the editing. I watched this in college when I was still like you know learning film, mm-hmm. and I was really fascinated how they did the editing because mm. they would. 
the one scene that sticks out is when one of Abby's clients holds his wife hostage or something. And so during the scene, they intercut four different scenes. Okay, they have the retelling shot. Then they have the found footage shot and they have two more shots of the same thing and they're all playing at the same time. I really liked that, you know, we're not stuck on one screen or, you know, the viewer isn't stuck on one thing, but there's four things happening all at the same time simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked that. I thought mm-hmm. they did a really good job with that. It's a storytelling device that I'm a little jealous of because it's like maybe that's something I want to <laughs> adapt e- eventually try out. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that, that just looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like watching like a comic book panel page all play out at the same time. So the fourth kind is retold kind of like a documentary-esque kind of feel. And I remember we rented this on Redbox or something like on DVD. And as an aspiring filmmaker, I wanted to check out the special features, see what they had. Mm-hmm. And they had quite a few deleted scenes. And the deleted scenes, as I was like watching them, I understood why they deleted them. Because a lot of the deleted scenes add a lot more depth to the characters like uh, more about their concerns, their worries, etc. But the fourth mm-hmm. kind is more about trying to unravel this mystery, this phenomenon that's going on, mm-hmm. rather than focus on the characters. And I really would like to see a more character-driven story of the fourth kind. Mm. Um, and I think that'd be just kind of like how, like that's where the trend of horror is kind of going anyway. Right. And I think the fourth kind, I wouldn't say better, but it'd be a really good different retelling mm-hmm. of it. Right, right. And and I think yeah. I think that's what some people would see as like the gripe with this film, you know, mm-hmm. is that Abby, according to the police reports, her husband killed himself. And so Abby's kind of whole thing throughout the whole film is her trying to also deal with her grief, you know, mm-hmm. of losing her husband. And in the midst of her losing her husband, she starts to like she starts to like not only carry her own grief, but also starts to like receive the secondary trauma of her clients, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. who are also going through insomnia and going through their own thing. And so I think it has a potential to be a very deep film about therapy, about like what it does to the therapist, you know, how and, it affects. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And mental health and stuff like that. Yeah. It has a really, really a lot of potential for that. But then it also kind of like throws in this kind of like alien sort of twist to it too, where it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. Oh, but it could be aliens, you know? Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, everybody else believes that, oh, no, it's, like, it's mental health, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar. I know I'm bringing Hill House again into this. Similar to, like, <laughs> <Not> Steve. Not yet. <laughs> similar to Steve from Hill House, you know? Like, one of the characters from Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. He also kind of has this mental health sort of thing for his character. Mm-hmm. And so I think it has a lot of potential. But then again, like you said, maybe this is something we could retell with it being more character-driven instead of plot-driven. Make it Netflix original TV series. Let's do it. <laughs> Fourth kind. A TV series, that's a lot. (laughs) I think it's doable. I think it has enough content to actually make a TV show out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can follow each character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd make like 10 episodes out of it. I think it's very doable. But like I said, I think the focus was more on the phenomenon, trying Mm -hmm. to unravel that mystery. Yeah, the mystery of why is this happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And making that the primary scare factor. But it definitely had a lot of potential for really good storytelling. Mm -hmm. Otherwise... Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was fine. Um, I nothing particularly stood out besides the editing and that potential, because everything else I felt was a little overdone. I already know it's kind of like a mockumentary kind of style, mm-hmm. and so when the real Abby goes and says, "I just want my daughter," and then she starts like crying over it, and I'm like, "Ah, uh, like I, 
Because <laughs> for me, it's like I can't really sympathize. You know what I mean? Right. Because I personally was not invested in your daughter. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the daughter was actually kind of annoying. Yeah, and so I was like, I personally <laughs> was not invested in you as a character. Right, right. <laughs> and so right. it's hard for me to really sympathize with you just because it's like, but I can see how it's affecting you, but it's like, it just doesn't affect me at all. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, do you want to wrap in Ganjim real quick? Sure. So Ganjim Haunted Asylum was released in 2018. It is a South Korean horror found footage film. It follows this channel they're like a horror channel and so they basically go around and explore haunted places and they decided to explore ganjam which is a real life haunted asylum it's actually listed as one of seven of cnn's most freakiest places and so they explore this place and the premise is everyone who's gone to this asylum there's this room room 402 that no one's able to get open but everyone who's been in it and everyone who's been there have either committed suicide or they've gone like really crazy. And so this team decides to go in and live stream what it is they're going to do. And so it's a more modern take of the found footage genre. So they have like GoPros to film what's in front of them and film how they're reacting, what they're seeing. They use drones for like overhead shots. And so it's very, very modern now. They're also live streaming it to an actual audience too. So it's a different twist to the the series because remember i uh, mentioned how earlier in blair witch project kind of like what producers do like they'll stage certain scares but then you know they'll just kind of wait and see how the actors will react and haunted asylum kind of plays on this too because the main character of haunted asylum sets up maybe like one or two scares in the actual asylum but then the rest of the stuff is paranormal very supernatural and they have no idea like you know who's doing that and what's doing what and it's like freaking them out because like it's basically you know filming gone bad basically and yeah so that's gone Jim haunted asylum so check it out if you're interested a few other films that we didn't review but we're going to mention cloverfield i remember cloverfield being advertised as like this film that everyone threw up <laughs> <laughs> in the movie theaters. Yeah, that's what I remember. It's yeah, because it was shake a lot of shaky cam footage. Uh, <laughs> Paranormal Activity, which we didn't want to touch. <laughs> nope. Yeah, we didn't want to touch it. <laughs> us Hmong people, let me yeah. tell you, we have like some real, real, real life experiences with stuff like Paranormal Activity. It's, it's pretty scary. Again, we've kind of talked a little bit about it in... um nightmare on elm street mm -hmm. this idea of like kind of like sleep paralysis or whatever but it takes it to another level paranormal activity does um and you know kind of does this like oh yeah like it makes it again with found footage being its medium it kind of makes it feel more real and what we see is kind of like this demon that's like kind of haunting this woman mm -hmm. we just know when not to touch stuff and yeah for us we're not going to touch paranormal activity yeah, but, but please definitely, do if yeah, you, if, if that's your thing. But it's a great example of found footage, mm -hmm. and you know it's created its whole own franchise with it. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Outside Story on found footage. What are some of your favorite found footage films? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to kind of keep watching with us on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about angels and demons. We're gonna watch. The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Deliver Us from Evil, and The Conjuring. See you next time. Bye.